0: to TBD with Yvette and Yayo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yayo, how are you? Hey, I'm
1: good. Just super excited to be back after a nice
0: long holiday break. (laughs) It was like a pre-holiday break.
1: (laughs) Hey, Halloween is also a holiday.
0: (laughs) True, 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 true.
1: But yeah, super excited to be back to get to talk about some
0: new tunes. To get to talk to you, Yvette, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing well, excited to talk about music again because I feel like this is the only place where I can do it for, like, an entire hour and no one can be like, shut up. (laughs) 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 Because they are listening to me by choice as opposed to, like, me in regular life where I'm just, like, pushing songs onto people or just being like, so, like... What Was the last song you listened to that you really liked? <laughs> so, thank you so much for indulging me. We just heard the song Pobre de ti by Tijuana No in the beginning, and oh, it's so good. Every time I hear it, I'm uh, I get like flashbacks to like middle school, high school Yvette who was like really into Tijuana No. <laughs> um,
1: that's that's really funny i love when music can take you back um and yeah that song has quite an intro and as i shared with you yvette i very recently listened to the song for the first time
0: (laughs) i know i i don't know what to tell you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm glad you are finally listening to it though so that's a good thing so, going off on that, I guess we will introduce our topic for this episode. Um, so, today we are going to be talking about rock in Latin America, um, also known as rock en español for a lot of people. I mean, I guess that's how it was introduced to us in the 90s, like rock en español, rock en tu idioma. So, yeah. So rock in Latin America has existed basically since rock's birth. Um, you had a lot of bands doing covers of bands like the Beatles and music that came from the UK and the States, especially in Mexico, where you had bands like Los Teen Pops covering American hits. And in Uruguay, you had Los Shakers spreading that type of music up to the countries in the South. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's always like the rock fans that are bringing rock to their countries, you know, they form their own bands and start doing covers and then eventually transition into doing their own songs. So we're going to be talking a little bit and a lot about that.
1: And the first rock in Espanol hit was actually La Bamba by Richie Valens in 1958, um, which was actually originally a folk song from Veracruz. Shout out
0: to Martin. Yes. <laughs> yes, shout out to Yeo's people. Yeah, I think that was like the first time where you I where I feel like Latinos in the States felt like a rock song in Spanish, you know, like Para la bamba. la bamba. Like it was such an exciting moment. <laughs> Mexico as our neighbor down south. Because of its proximity to the states, it is one of the countries with the most rock bands. And that actually reminds me of a phrase that they say in Mexico. Um, it, it goes, Mexico tan lejos de Dios y tan cerca de los Estados Unidos, which translates to Mexico so far from God, but so close to the United States, a.k.a. hell. <laughs> 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 and I think, it, I think Porfirio Diaz was like the person that quoted this. Uh, but I could be wrong, but... Yes, because Mexico is so close to us, they like get access to everything a little faster and then everything trickles down to the south all the way to Argentina. But yeah, so we're going to talk about a lot of bands across Latin America. And I think one thing I want to mention before we start this, uh, there's a documentary that came out in Netflix called rompan todo I think it's break it all or something like that and it is about the history of rock in Latin America and I when I saw that it was going to come out I was counting down the days to watch it and I watched it and I really liked it but there's also a lot of things I didn't like about it which we're going to get into as we're talking about rock in Latino America uh but Yeyo, I know you and I talked about it, we were texting about it, like, did you see it? What did you think? Um, So I just wanted to know a little bit about your reaction to the docuseries, since um, to our listeners, Yeyo doesn't really listen to a lot of rock en español, so for her, a lot of the bands were kind of new, and for me, it was like revisiting my past loves. So... (laughs) (laughs) So, Yayo, please, what did you think about Rompantolo?
1: Um, yeah, well, I was really excited when I saw it on Netflix, and then over the holiday season, during Christmas, I spent a whole day watching it with my parents. Um, and it was really cool for me, because I, like, learned so much that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I... I mostly, I have listened to Rock en Español in the past, but it's mostly, Mm -hmm. like you said, been centered around, like, Mexican rock bands, a lot of, like, Cafeta Cuba, um, El Tri. My dad's a big El Tri fan, and, Mm -hmm. like, also having my dad there was also kind of cool because he, like, remembers some of these things, you know?
2: Yeah,
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. And my dad's a big rock, rock and roll guy. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So it was kind of cool to have him as a reference and to watch it with him. Um, But yeah, it was like a very like learning experience, especially about like other parts uh, and rock, rock in Espanol and other parts of Latin America, like Chile and Argentina. Because again, like being Mexicana, Mexican American, like I get, I'm so close to like my my two homelands. <laughs> yeah. But it's sort yeah. of like this bubble, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I forget that there's, like, other countries as well, you know? And so that was really, really cool for me. And then also just, like, discovering so much new music.
0: <laughs> um, yes.
1: That was a lot of fun.
0: Well, I'm really glad you liked it. And I know we talked about recording this episode a few months back. So when the when the series came out i was like hold on that was my idea <laughs> that's what i wanted to do <laughs> so it don't think that we're stealing content from them <laughs> this is we something that i've been wanting this. to do since the inception of this podcast okay so <laughs> okay so so yeah like i mentioned before yeah mexico gets access to a lot of like the hits in the States first, because of its proximity. I mean, that was when I say Mexico gets access first, I mean like in the sixties and the seventies and 90, even up to the nineties, because now with the internet, I mean, everything is a click away. Like someone releases a song. If you have a phone, everyone has access to it. So, that has completely changed obviously like the music industry has changed because of all the innovation in technology but before that was not the case and this is especially true for a country like argentina where rock didn't really flourish until the mid-70s because of the political climate because everything was censored all the time so they weren't able to start having these rock bands until the country's military dictatorship cracked down. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is it's is political, and I like that Rompan Todo talked about that, talked about... Mm-hmm. The effect of the bands and like basically like the counterculture that was happening in a bunch of different countries and one thing I did not like about it was that it didn't talk about rock bands in Brazil, it didn't Uh. mention Brazil at all, and it didn't mention Peru. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, like these two countries have like a big history of rock too. And also women, women were left out a yeah. lot. I feel like they, they maybe, like the only person I saw talk on the documentary was Andrea from Los Otercio Pelados, And I was fangirling because I love her. And they mentioned Julieta Venegas briefly, they mentioned, um, Juana Molina came out in the documentary for like two seconds. It was such a joke to even invite her to be part of it because they didn't even let her talk that much about her career in Argentina. So that was really fucked up. Um, Anyway, I digress. But I thought it was important (laughs) to point out that there was also no inclusion of black Latinos. It was mm-hmm. a very fucking white documentary. Except for, like, some of the bands in Mexico, like like Maldita Vecindad and a lot of the members of Café Tacuba are, like, people of color. They're not, they're not white Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, other than that, everyone else was white. Yeah. And as we know, or as you have heard, from our previous episode rock is not white rock is black <laughs> rock is very very um, black so i just wanted to point that out here we should like remake rompantolo <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i did notice that they they um there was a lack of females they like very briefly talk here and there, like oh there was like this woman named Gabriela. They mentioned her very briefly in the very mm-hmm. beginning. I didn't notice the Brazil thing, but I did notice the Peru thing. I think they had like one guy from like a band in like a band in Peru for like a yeah. hot second, and I was like, yeah. okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it was terrible. I think there was one person they gave a uh, a bigger platform to, and that was um, I forget her name, Rita Guerrero. Oh, she was the vocalist of the rock band Santa Sabina. And they did talk about her for Mm. quite a while for like her style and all of that. And honestly, if they wouldn't have brought her up on the in the documentary, like she would have been completely off my radar because I haven't listened to Santa Sabina in years. So thank you for that. Thank you for giving us that. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well I think our intro has been longer than planned, (laughs) so let's jump right into it and go to our first song. Hope you like it. I just heard Angel Electrico by Soda Stereo from their album Sueño Stereo*, which was released in 1995 and uh, I love this song so much this to me is one of the first songs that sound like American and English rock you know it sounds like a, an alternative rock band and that's really big because this whole time before Celestereo, you were hearing like a bunch of covers. And this was a band making just original solid gold. And I love, love, love Celestereo. And that's why I chose this song because, like I said, it sounds like. It sounds like. If you add English lyrics to it, it sounds like any other like American or English rock band, right? Do you do you get what I'm trying to say?
1: Yeah, you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get what you're trying to say.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. So, so Stereo is like the biggest rock band in Latin America in my opinion, but I also think like everyone in Latin America would agree. And like I said, they're from Argentina, and their lead singer is Gustavo Cerati, who is a freaking legend. And he had a solo career for a while, but then after a concert, he had a stroke, and he basically went into like this really long um, coma and eventually died, which is really sad. It happened not that long ago, maybe like five six years ago or maybe even more i don't know <laughs> i don't know how to keep track of time anymore <laughs> but anyway so that was part of a renewal in argentina's rock scene which coincided with the return of democracy at the beginning of the 1980s uh because that's when they first started out making music in the 80s and yeah man so the stereo is like you got to listen to them. I mean, their most famous song is um, De Musica Ligera. I don't know if you've ever heard that, Yayo. Uh, probably not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I haven't. I just don't know because that happens a lot too.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so if you have a chance to check out Sole Estéreo, do it. they amazing. And I chose this song because it has one of my all-time favorite lyrics, which are "Aun tengo el sol para besar tu sombra," which translates to "I still have the sun to kiss your shadow." And it's so beautiful. And I love it. That's enough of Soda Stereo. Let's move on to our next artist. <laughs>
3: torna
1: to is called Ana No Duerme by Almendra, from their 1969 album Almendra, and Almendra is considered like very foundation, a very foundational band for uh, rock uh, nacional in Argentina, Um, and they formed in 1968 and were active only up until 1971. So they had a very short career. Um, they recorded two albums and had a few singles. Um, but like I mentioned, they are considered like really important to, uh, rock in Argentina. Um, and the band has often been like compared to the Beatles, uh, because their lyrics, um, which were written by their lead singer, mostly written by their lead singer, Luis Alberto Spineta, are very like poetic and surrealistic. Um, and just, you know, their music is very much, if you listen to it, um, sounds a lot like the counterculture that was coming into just like in the 60s. And they sort of brought that to Argentina, um, which like going back to what you said earlier, Argentina is so like, far away from a lot of the world that like things were coming a little bit later. Yeah. So anyway, so this is from their first album. Um, and while I was reading and researching about this band, um, I came up across this really funny story about the cover. Uh, <laughs> and this just, I love this story because it, it exemplifies just how much they wanted to move away from the norm, like societal norms, which to me is very rock and roll, but, Basically, uh, Spinetta, the lead singer, had this image of what he wanted their cover to look like. And so he went home, drew this picture, brought it back, brought it to the executives. And they were like, okay, we'll use it. And then a couple days later, they were like, oh, we lost it. <laughs> and the band was so upset about it that they like went looking for it and they found it in the trash can. And, you know, basically the executives had to fess up that they thought that, you know, it wasn't it was non-commercial. And, um, you know, because the main market for rock bands they thought was women and they were like, there should be handsome men on the covers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the lead singer was like, no, like. Um, yeah. Have you not heard of
0: Beatlemania? <laughs>
1: He was like he refused to let the album be released without the cover and he said that they weren't gonna leave things up to mediocre company dudes that make covers like sausages <laughs> yeah and the cover if you look it up too it's basically an image of a distressed man who with his hair covered in a scarf with a tear running down his cheek um and his head is like stuck with a toy arrow um uh, yeah And it's it's just I love that story. And this song in particular, to me, I chose it because it's very playful Um, and, you know, it's like feels very hopeful. You know, this girl who just wants to, like, go out and have fun. And she's just like, you know, envisioning the new day, going out to the city or being out in the ocean. Um,
0: Yeah, they have a very 60s sound to them. And even though the band had a really short lifespan, is that how you say it? I don't even know. <laughs> um, you can listen to Luis Alberto Spinetta's solo career, which is how I've learned about Almendra because I used to listen to Spinetta a lot. And then I was just like going back, back, back. And I was like, oh, he came out of this band, Almendra. So check Almendra out. Yeah. What song do you have
1: for us next, Yvette? Um, let's check it out.
0: Florecita Roquera by Aterciopelados from their album El Dorado that was released in 1995. And if you know me, if you're my friend, you know how much I love Aterciopelados. They're the best. And I've seen them live a bunch of times. And even though they're getting old, this <laughs> They still put on a really, really, really good show. And sometimes my sister and I, we call each other Florecita Roquera, you know, <laughs> because we do feel like little punk rock flowers sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so more about Aterciopelados. Pelados. They are from Colombia and they are probably one of the biggest bands from that country. They are specifically from Bogotá. And they came up um, during Bogota's underground music scene in the early 90s and they have a very distinct sound. You don't really hear it in this song, but um, they basically combine traditional Colombian sounds with rock sounds. So that's super cool. It is a duo. So you have Hector playing the guitar and you have Andrea rocking out being a badass lead singer and she is great every time she's performing she's like vibing like i swear she's high <laughs> if she's not <laughs> high she's just like really in tune with the music and the the band is very socially conscious and andrea is always talking about women and women's rights and um yeah she always just like shouts out women in her shows and i love it Oh, I want to go to a show so bad. Oh, Um, me too. I know. (laughs) That's like one of the things I miss the most, live music. Um, I think the last time I saw A Pelados, I saw La Marisol from La Santa Cecilia in the back. She was at the bar having a drink. And I told my sister, I was like, La Marisol is here, and I'm pretty sure... Andrea's going to bring her on stage to sing together. Girl, what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) La Marisol came on stage and they sang together. And... My heart melted. It was so, so beautiful. Uh, oh, it was so good. I'll send you a video. because Oh my
1: God, <laughs> yes, you have a video. Please send it to me. <laughs> yes, I think I
0: up, I uploaded it to Instagram. So I'm, Or maybe it was a picture, but I'm pretty sure there's some archived footage somewhere. It was so, so good. Because both of their voices are really deep and strong. Uh-huh. So it was just... It was just amazing. It was great. And every time I go to see a Tercio pelados, whenever they play Florecita Rockera, it's probably one of their most well-known songs. And it's such a classic. It's such a vibe. It's like, basically, the lyrics are, Como echarte flores si eres un jardín con esos olores, me siento morir. And it translates to, how to, throw, how to throw you flowers if you're a garden with those smells I feel like dying. And Florecita roquera means little rock flower. So it's like an anthem to all the rock girls out there. I see you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's Andrea being like, yeah, I know there's more of us. I know they don't give us contracts. They don't uh, talk about uh-huh. us, but we're here. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so check out Terciopelados, they are amazing and it's time for our next song, let's take a listen.
3: Como cajete por licuadora de broche. Pinche malinche, lo
4: cortes no quita loco autemo. Mira, pinche malinche,
3: lo cortes no quita loco autemo. Yo soy de aquí, no soy de allá. Tú ni de allá ni de acá. Ni pinchas, ni cachas, ni dejas batear. Te
4: caerá la maldición.
3: Aunque la moda se pinte de fuera, mona se queda. Pinte No es naco y lo mexicano es chido, entonces verdad de Dios. Todo lo naco es chido.
1: So the song we just listened to is Guacarroc de la Malinche by Botellita de Jerez from their 1999 album Naco es Chido and Botellita de Jerez formed in 1982 in la Ciudad de Mexico uh, they are credited with creating a genre called Guacaroc which is a merging of the words rock and guacamole (laughs) and essentially it's a fusion of rock cumbia and traditional mexican music like mariachi and son Um, and the name botellita de jerez comes from like a mexican saying that is often used as a rebuttal in an argument Um, and the saying is botellita de jerez todo lo que me diga será al revés Um, which in english the most equivalent idiom would be, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me and sticks to you. Um, Which I love, and I actually think is like, speaks a lot to the band and what they were trying to do and what they accomplished Um, in their like, trying to like, give power back to the popular culture of the lower socioeconomic classes in Mexico. Uh, You know, they coined the phrase, which they did in this song, where it says, Todo lo naco es chido. Um, Which, you know, naco in Mexico, like, people would use it as, like, a derogatory term by saying, like, Tú eres un naco, like, you know, like, you're tacky or something like that, right? (laughs) And everything that is considered naco is, like, less than, you know, like, people who are like that come from like the ghetto in a sense, you know? And so they really were trying to, like, re-vindicate that. Um, And the reason that I chose this song was because I thought it was fucking hilarious and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) The lyrics are full full of albures, uh, which are like double entendre wordplay that is very common in Mexico. Um, you know, and the song is basically singing uh, to a woman who is ashamed of being brown, and who has changed her appearance to seem more white. Um, in the song, they compare her to the Malinche, who was a woman, the woman who helped translate between Cortes and Guatemala before the fall of Tenochtitlan, um, and she's often de- depicted as a traitor to her people. <laughs> which i don't fully agree with uh you know i think she's just she was just a woman trying to look out for herself in the situation she was put in um yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and know then... i watched this go ahead. My, go ahead my dad and i watched this really awesome documentary called malinche un un enigma on youtube which i suggest everyone watches um and it's about like la malinche and her story but anyway i digress
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and in Um, mexico they actually use the term malinchista to mean traitor like but not like in a in like a serious sense more like in a like oh let's say i my team should be the lakers because i live in la but my actual team is i don't know the knicks and (laughs) someone can call someone can call me malinchista because i'm not supporting my home team so yeah they're always like oh you're such a malinchista and it's like so common it's such a common word to use for traitor basically um and yeah i agree with you i mean i think we should probably have like an episode where we just talk about la malinche and basically all of her her legacy basically um Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. i also i don't see her as a traitor either um but let's not digress again (laughs) 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 i just thought
1: i should put my two cents in there but (laughs) yeah
0: also like the term nako is super derogatory and i really Mm -hmm. like that they brought it back they like they like made it their own and I don't know if you remember when a bunch of people were wearing T-shirts that said, ser naco es chido. Like, being, na- being naco is cool. <laughs> 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 they were, like, reclaiming the word. And I love it.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, and this song, yeah, I just thought it was really funny. And if you, uh, I'm so grateful that I understand Spanish or that I, like, learned it, <laughs> that I know yeah. it. Because it just opens so many more doors to like understanding music. Like I can listen to English music, but I know Spanish, so I can also listen to Spanish music. You know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, because if you were to translate these lyrics, it
0: they don't make kind of hard
1: because yeah, yeah. yeah, Because it's such it's so there's so much wordplay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the song, they basically reinforce their pride for being Mexican, like by just saying like. Yo soy la raza de bronce. Si lo mexicano es naco y lo mexicano es chido, entonces verdad de Dios todo lo naco es chido. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, word! (laughs) (laughs) Word! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was Botellita de Jerez. Make sure to listen to them. Um, And now we'll go to our next song. (laughs) Oh,
5: my God.
0: One of my all-time favorite bands I know I say this a lot but this is actually one of my all-time <laughs> favorite bands Café Cuba, and the song is titled El Fin de la Infancia and it is from their album Re that was released in 1994 and this to me is rock okay they are incorporating banda into their music which is something that the Tacubos do often. Um, They're very, they use a lot of Mexican folk music and a lot of traditional Mexican sounds and mesh it with rock music to basically create this really eclectic style that they're known for. And for that and many other reasons, I love, love, love them. And re is one of like, it's probably, one of the, the most important rock albums. And when it starts, you don't hear like an electric guitar or you don't hear someone like screaming, you know, like when you think rock and roll, you think the, like a certain type of sound. In Re, they start the album with a song called El Aparato and it sounds like a Mexican folk song. And he sings in a very Mexican folky tradition and then brings in all of those rock sounds into the song. And that's basically what they do in the entire album. This like mix of cultures within Mexico to just create one solid one. Like you don't have to be super Mexican to listen to rock. And you know, you don't have to be a super rocker to listen to banda, to listen to all of these other genres. You know, because sometimes we put ourselves in little categories and we're like, nah, I don't listen mm-hmm. to that. And they're basically yeah. like, nah, we are one. We listen to everything and everything can like be together and still work. And oh, they do such a good job of doing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that uh i i know i i don't think i've listened to this album and i know you're gonna kill me when i say this <laughs> that i've listened to this album in order in order um yeah I, there's songs in this album that i totally totally love like esa noche mm-hmm.
0: um
1: and it's such a like bolero type slow song it's such
0: it's- a bolero it's so hot it's like such a hot song <laughs>
1: that song and like El Baile y el Salón that's like and that one's a totally different kind of song and it's more like I don't even know how to describe it but
0: that's a little more poppy yeah I don't know like everything in that album sounds so different and I love that and it's such a long album album I think it has like 24 songs like it's ridiculously long but it is so 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 good and The name of this song is El Fin de la Infancia, which is the end of childhood. And it starts out by saying, Si nos quieren conquistar, tendran que quemarnos vivos. Uh, Basically, if you want to conquer us, you have to burn us alive. And it's making references to colonialism, of course. And then mm-hmm. he goes on to say, like, I am singing this song to tell you I want to be the owner of my dance moves, which is a metaphor for uh, don't tell me what to do, you know? And yeah. he's basically questioning, like, are we able to create our own dance moves? Are we able to dance on our own? Like, stop asking us questions, like stop questioning us if we are capable of doing it or not. Um, Yeah, so this song is just, like, a big fuck you to everything, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Mexican politics, to even, like, Mexican culture, almost, like, don't tell me how to live my life. You know how Mexican culture can be very strict and very, like, closed, and they're basically, like, we are done with that. (laughs) We want to dance to the beat of our own song, basically. Um, Yeah. And... I'm here for it. I am here for it. I have seen Cafeta Cuba I don't know how many times, and every time they freaking deliver. Uh, I love this band so much.
1: I love them too. I have not had the privilege of seeing them live. I think. Oh
0: my God. I had tickets
1: to go to a show, and then they canceled it last minute, and I was like, fuck! And then it just hasn't happened, but hopefully someday soon I will get to see them.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're amazing, and I think we should do just an entire episode on Café Tacuba, because that's how much I love them. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for Café Tacuba. I'm going to wrap it up there, because I'll keep talking about them if I go on and on and on and on. Um, So, yayo. bring us our next song. Here we go.
6: That's
1: by Los Fabulosos Cadillac from their 1993 album Vasos Vacíos Um, and Los Fabulosos Cadillac um, is a rock band from Argentina (laughs) Uh, they formed in 1985 um, when they released their first album Bares y Fondas and then have since released 14 albums in total (laughs) Um, and they are known as, like, one of the most influential and most referenced rock bands in Latin, in rock Latino. Um, and their sound is a mix of rock, ska, jazz, uh, funk, and big band. Um, and, yeah, they have, they're known for, the like, their humorous lyrics and often have political undertones. Um, and this song in particular is probably, like, their signature song it's probably their mostly known song it topped all of the charts in latin america and el matador which translates to the killer or if you're like from spain it's like the bullfighter um uh was written by the band's bass player and the song is about the oppression and forced disappearance um of people during El Proceso de Reorganización Nacional, which was the military dictatorship that ruled Argentina from 1976 to 1983, which Yvette, I know you re- referenced in the beginning. Um, and the song basically narrates the story of a revolutionary, El Matador, um, who is being hunted down um, by by the military. Um, and the song also makes reference to Victor Jara, who was the Chilean folk singer who was tortured and killed by the military coup in Chile, who we covered in our revolutionary soundtrack episode, Um, which, you know, is always cool when we can, like... It all starts tying together, you know? (laughs) To the
0: loyal listeners out there. (laughs) They'll know what we're talking about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, but so this is... This, I, I personally really like this song. It's very upbeat. I think it's also interesting because, like, I I have a hard time paying attention to lyrics when I really like the beat of a song, and it wasn't until I sat down and looked them up that I was like, oh, wow, you know? <laughs> um, and they're basically talking about someone who... Uh, they're like... Um, the lyrics go... Mira, hermano en qué terminaste por pelear por un mundo mejor. Look brother how you ended up for fighting for a better world. Um, and I was like, well.
0: <laughs> I know, right? You know, and um, I feel like this song is so casually danced at every fiesta. <laughs> I, like know! Such deep I know. And you have like this being like a big hit at every quinceañera. <laughs> Reminds me of, I think I've heard the song so many times that I'm just so indifferent to it that I forget what it's actually about. So, thank you for bringing it to the pod and reminding me that there's still beauty in the song,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not just played out, <laughs> oh, even though it kind of is. But, <laughs> and to close us off, Yvette, you got a little surprise for us.
0: Yes, uh, we usually just do six songs per episode, but I'm gonna bring us one more song because I think it's necessary. So, hope you like it! Toss, todo mundo tossino!
7: Dela. Ela é o meu amor. E eu sou o amor todinho dela. Chama! A lua prateada se esconder.
0: listen to Aminia Menina by Os Mutantes from their self-titled album released in 1968 and I didn't want to close the podcast I mean the episode without bringing a band from Brazil because that's that was basically my main one of my main complaints about (laughs) Todo and how they excluded how they excluded Brazil and Peru So I thought I'd bring Os Mutantes uh, into the episode and I feel like all the indie kids love Os Mutantes. They're like that big 60s band, like not like the Beatles because the Beatles were more like popular, but Os Mutantes was very like leftist, very like we do what we want to do kind of band. And so a little bit more about them. They they're from Sao Paulo. And they started in 1966 with two brothers, Arnaldo and Sergio, and the lead singer was Rita Lee. And I know one of them still makes music, I can't remember which one, but um, yeah, they're basically Brazil's most influential rock band and they're linked to this movement called the Tropicalia movement. And the Tropicalia movement started in the 60s, and it was an amalgamation of Brazilian genres, and it was uh, the union of popular music and, like, avant-garde stuff. Um, and it wasn't just, like, a, like a, a musical movement. It was, like, a big culture of movement that also, like, took place in film, literature, poetry, theater, so... It's like it was a very specific group of people who were basically part of this movement. There's actually an album, I don't know much about it off the top of my head, but there's an album called Tropicália Movement something something and it's basically all of the artists who were part of the Tropicália movement which included Caetano Veloso, Gilberto Gil, and they were actually exiled. They had to leave Brazil for three years and they lived in England because that's how much the government didn't like Tropicalia because like I said it was very leftist and it was very like counterculture kind of thing. So anyone who was part of the movement or had anything to do with those mutantes and Caetano and Gilberto were basically being persecuted. So I saw an interview once where they were saying, yeah, like, our fans would give us the heads up, like, you should probably, like, leave right now because the police is on their way. So they would just pack up their things and go. Um, and a lot of their songs were censored for a while. So, yeah. Check out Os Mutantes. They're really, really cool. Um, and I feel like we can have, like, an entire episode just on Tropicalia and, like, Bossa Nova with Caetano Veloso and Gilberto Gil and all of these great musicians that come from Brazil. And of course, a lot of these musicians are also black, which is mostly why I think Brazilian musicians were excluded from rompan Todo because <laughs> racism is real in Latin America. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it is. They totally also had like a hierarchy based on skin color. <laughs>
0: Yeah, gross. Also, like, hello, there's black Latinos everywhere. I don't understand why they're not included in a lot of yeah. things. So, check out Os Mutantes, check out Brazilian rock, just listen to music, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we'd be part of the Tropicalia movement with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> If we were both living in Brazil in the 60s.
1: (laughs) Oh, oh my God, yeah. I would totally be in there.
0: (laughs) Alrighty. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us ramble on about the thing we love the most, music. Uh, This is such a fun episode because... This is a genre that is like, this is me. (laughs) I am a florecita (laughs) roquera, And I had such a hard time choosing the songs that I wanted to bring. Um, But I was just like, whatever, let's just, I'm just going to choose this. But I feel like we can do like a part two and three, but maybe not because people are going to get bored. (laughs) So thank you, Yayo, for agreeing to to talk about rock in Latin America. Of course. You know, I love
1: learning about new things, hearing new music, exploring uh, new sounds. So thank you uh, for bringing me on this journey with you.
0: Yay. All righty tune in next time whenever it is we release another episode. Thank you so much for listening and Yvette and Yayo out. Oh, peace. Sorry, Um, forgot. Thank you, Yayo. I love you. I'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Yvette. I love you too. Bye. Alrighty,
1: bye.